Olsen fakes it for Pat and yes, touchdown to Greg Olsen. Wilson just got it away. There's Keith Lee. Touchdown, Carolina. Hello, welcome back to the Keep Sounding Podcast. This is Brian, joined by Brad, as always, for your pre-draft preview of the Panthers' first round pick on Thursday of the 2022 NFL Draft. It's finally back, and we're super happy about it. Brad, yeah, how are I you? <laughs> I can't wait until Thursday night. Yeah, I have never been this excited in my life. I think the last time I was this excited was when I had my right molar removed. Oh, well, that was a really exciting time. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that compares to how excited I am about this, this draft. Well, just to, just for anyone who's listening or who hasn't been paying attention, I guess, to all of this, all of the coverage of the draft since the beginning of the off season, the Panthers don't have a pick at sixth overall. And then they don't pick again until the fourth round. Yep. So that's part of why this draft is a little underwhelming because day two, unless the Panthers trade back, is relatively uh, uneventful. And Arguably two- the most important day of the whole thing is the day that we don't have any draft picks. Right. Because, yeah, you know, it's easy to – well, it's not easy, easy, because a lot of teams still fail to do this, but it's easy to draft a good player at number six overall. Like – there's usually, you know, 40 good players in a draft. So right. unless you just really reach for a guy and swing and miss, it's easy to get a productive player at six. But the guys that you draft in the second and third round, those are your backbone. Those are your uh, you know, your rotational guys. And even some starters, like we got K1 short in the second round. So yeah. Even recently, I mean, Jeremy Chin went on in Matt Rule's first year. Uh, Yeter Gross Matos last year. Uh, yeah, Brett, key contributors. Year, he, that, that actually, that was the same year as uh, as uh, Jeremy Chin. They got them both in that, in that year. And then uh, last year, Brady Christensen, obviously. Granted, they, they refused to play him at left tackle for some reason, but he's considered to be a, a guy who's, you know, pasting in as a starter for the 2022 regular NFL season. Obviously, Tommy Tremble was a decent pick from what people tell me anyway. Um, so Harris Marshall, he didn't really get any opportunities, but, you know, we picked no, it's him hard in to the get third opportunities. round. It's hard to get opportunities yeah. with a second-round pick like him when your offensive line sucks as bad as it did. So, I think he was yeah. injured a lot of the season, too. I think he was, too. Um, but, yeah, we got Terrace Marshall, Brady Christensen. Like, it, they're, they're potential contributors, but we don't get to do that this year unless we trade down and yeah. we don't pick, we don't pick until the fourth round. And I think it's like pick 160 something. Uh, it uh, is uh, pick, for, pick I don't 137. even know. 137. Okay. Yeah. yeah so. I, I mean, we, by then, I mean, that's. Those are the dartboard picks. Those are the dartboard picks and that's all we have. Right. And, and it would be fine if the reason why we don't have a pick on day two would be because the Sam Darnold trade worked out, but unfortunately it looks like it has not worked out. Yep. So as of, this we're, yep. at the, as of this moment, so we're 
falling behind because of a bad decision we made last year that we tried to make to correct another bad decision we made two years ago that we made to try to correct another bad decision we made. <laughs> so it's just, you know, you got to pay the boat man and that's what we're doing with no day two picks. And I don't really care about the draft because I, I don't generally like the draft. I, I, that's no secret. If you've ever listened to or read anything I've ever said or written, I don't like the draft. I think it's just a waste of time, but I think it's important to have picks in the first day, the first two days and not day three, but this time we're, we're, we're basically screwed. Uh, like, cause we need depth and it's right. going to be hard to find it. There's Unless also, we trade back. There's also the uh, the prospect of the Panthers deciding to use some of their late round picks to go after a guy like Baker Mayfield if they don't get a quarterback in the first round. So that could even yeah. And then we'll have their draft picks. We'll have the two failed quarterbacks from the same draft class that were both taken in the top three on the same roster. I don't want to talk about it too much just because I don't even know <laughs> if it's going to happen, but I, I have a feeling that if they do that, it's going to be a straight up swap plus some it draft should capital. Be. It should because be. Because you can't afford to have both Darnold and Mayfield on the same roster. I think I think what makes sense for both sides would be you take Darnold, who seems to be, you know, he's not openly hating the prospect of being a backup. He's just, at least on the podcast I watched him on, um, not too long ago, he's just basically like, I'll, I just got to do what I can do with the situation in my hands. So I think if the Panthers find a way to flip him to, to Cleveland for Baker Mayfield to essentially swap, Cleveland gets a quarterback who's willing to play if they need him to, and Baker gets out of the shitty situation he's in. So yeah, ba- Baker is he 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 might poison the grass at on the field or something if they don't get him out of there. He's miserable <laughs> in Cleveland. So I mean. And a lot of, you know, I've, I've seen on Twitter, a lot of people have said, well, why would the Browns trade Baker Mayfield for Sam Darnold when they have Deshaun Watson and they also have Jacoby Brissett? Well, it's better if you're going to take the cap hit with Baker Mayfield, it's the exact same amount of money. It's $18.8 million of dead cap. I would rather have that on a guy who's not miserable who might not ever play versus a guy who is miserable, who is complaining in the media, who is being a distraction, who will not play. So at the very least, Sam Darnold will keep his head down and work hard and practice or whatever. And Baker Mayfield, he might work out for Carolina. You'd never know. Ben McAdoo might be able to do something with him. Ben McAdoo might be able to do something with Sam Darnold. We just don't know. But I don't think anybody else is going to give Cleveland anything for Baker Mayfield. You can't trade him within your division. And, you know, they have, they have zero leverage because they have zero leverage because they know that he wants to leave. Uh, It's an $18 million dead cap. They're not going to just cut him. I mean, they might, but that's the thing is even if they do cut him, he's going to run straight to the Steelers. Exactly. Yeah. So they might as well trade him to, Carolina for Sam Darnold and then they can cut Sam Darnold and they can let Sam Darnold go to the Steelers but if he even wants to to do that but 
the, the Browns have no reason to keep Baker Mayfield. They have no leverage. The Panthers, for some reason, are interested in Baker Mayfield. I personally think that we are going to trade for a quarterback. I just don't know if it's going to be Baker or if it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. One thing on the uh, the Panthers being interested front that hasn't that's only been speculated. So yeah, far. it's also yeah. We don't even know if the Panthers want to want Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I mean the the official report after the Deshaun Watson trade was mutual disinterest between the two parties, yeah. which I've never heard before. Yeah, me either. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. That was an interesting way to put it. The only thing yeah. we do know is that Robbie Anderson is against the trade. Yeah. Because he has come out on social media and said no. Yeah. Which twice, actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> which yeah, is mean, odd considering he's played with Sam Darnold. Theoretically, I mean, it does make the most sense to just stick your head down with Darnold if you don't take a quarterback and just see what he has got this second year since you're already committed. But that's I don't what know. I, yeah, that's what I would do. Speaking of that, then that's a good segue. I was going to start it off by saying, all right, let's just let's go through the scenario where the Panthers stand pat at six. They don't okay. trade back. They don't trade Sam Darnold, or I should say, they don't they don't package Sam Darnold in any kind of draft trade to go backwards in the draft. So, okay, so we pick at six. We pick at six. So, okay. sitting here right now, looking at the top picks, there are several offensive linemen, offensive tackles. There are several edge defenders that may be available. Obviously, there are several quarterbacks who should be available because it doesn't seem like any team above the Panthers in the first round, aside from maybe the Giants, but I feel like they would stick with with uh, Danny Dimes for the only problem year. we would run into with a quarterback is if the Giants trade down, which they very well could because they have they have two picks. Pick. They they sandwich us, so they yeah. might want to trade down and accumulate picks because they know, you know, they've got those two picks right next to each other. So that would be our only quote unquote worry about losing out on a quarterback. Whether it's somebody like the saints, you know, trade up or something. Yeah. Whether it's the saints, the Falcons, even Washington could theoretically try to do it. So that's where we're sitting at, but looking at it, um, there's a lot of scenarios that I've had run by me where I'm just like, I don't really know what they should do. Cause like there, there's a lot of scenarios where, uh, Kevin Thibodeau, the Oregon edge rusher falls, falls out of the top five. And I'm sitting there like, well, they need to replace Hassan Reddick. So I wouldn't be opposed to that. Obviously if you forego an offensive tackle for him, that's going to piss a lot of people off, but you know, that's yeah. one scenario I could see happening. I well, think that they're, they're going to piss people off no matter what they do. Right. Um, but what I think they should do, and I know you said it's not in this scenario, but they should trade down. Like it, yeah, it we'll, does require we'll someone, it, yeah. it does require someone to trade up. But what I would do is I would take the top rated tackle. The nightmare scenario is that all of the offensive tackles, the, the, the guy from North Carolina state, I cannot pronounce his name. Akeem Akwanwu. Akwanwu. I can't pronounce his name. I'm not going to. I think it's Iki Akwanu. Iki Akwanu. I'm not going to butcher his name. Um, But if you're listening to this, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, If him, Charles Cross, and Evan Neal go one, two, three, or in the top five, if all three of them are gone 
by the time we pick, we're in a night. And then Hutchinson and Thibodeau are the other two picks in that top five. That is a nightmare scenario. Eh. For what for what we really need, because I think our two biggest needs, well, our three biggest needs are franchise quarterback, uh, anchoring left tackle for the next decade, and pass rusher. And In that scenario, Travon Walker becomes available to the Panthers. Travon Walker becomes available. I would go with him, or I would take... And I, a lot of people are going to get mad if this happens. And I know it's your fever dream, but I would take <laughs> I, I would take Kyle Hamilton because he is the best safety. To, he is the he looks like Ed Reed. And it's funny because it's funny that you mentioned him because he's started to fall down draft boards because of his. Uh, I guess it was his pro day, um, but he could be that that guy where he falls further than he should. Cause before all this nonsense, he was going in the top six. Like, I think he's going to, I think the jets are going to take him cause they, they just drafted a quarterback. So, right. and their coach is a defensive, he was a defensive coordinator. So they might take Kyle Hamilton at, at three. Don't the jets yeah. also have two picks in the top 10. They have um, the number four overall pick and they have the number 10 overall pick. Yeah. So they can take, Hamilton at four and then see what's available at 10 and possibly even move down or, you know, take a, one of the lesser um, tackles. Cause there's a couple of tackles that, that could be picked between 10 and 20 and, right. you know, they could just take one of those guys. But um, I think if it were up to me, I would take, I would take the highest graded offensive tackle. We haven't drafted a, a left tackle in the first round since Jeff Ota, I believe. Yeah. And we saw how that worked out. Um, before him, and, it was Jordan Gross, too. Yeah, and before him, it was Jordan Gross. And we got lucky when we got Jordan Gross because the Vikings didn't turn in their draft card. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, I would take either um, – either one of those three tackles, whichever one's there, if they're all three gone, I would take the best pass rusher. Whether that be Travon Walker, whether that be Thibodeau, whether that be Hutchinson, I would take the best pass rusher to pair with Brian Burns. And if that's not available, I would take Kyle Hamilton. I would not take a quarterback at six. I don't think any of them are worth the number six overall pick. I know in our mock draft, in our SB Nation mock draft, we took Malik Willis at number six, but that's because that's what we talked about as a an editorial staff that we think the team will do. That's not what we wanted to do. It's what we think they'll do, but that's not what I would do. I would just pick a tackle and roll with Sam Darnold. We got to pay him anyway. See what he's got. See if Ben McAdoo can get anything out of him. I mean, you know, bright side, if he does, we're good and we can figure it out from there. You know, give him a an incentive laden one or two year contract if he turns things around. And if he's terrible again, we pick in the top 10 again and the quarterback class is much better next year. Yeah, I'm I'm of agreement. I mean, at this point, I I know a lot of Panthers fans are really upset about the way things have gone with the quarterback position, and I totally get it. Um I think that moving on from Sam Darnold completely after you made that investment is like, 
it's hard because I know of the sunk cost fallacy where it's like, well, you already gave away the pick, so you should just stick with it. So I, I get that argument, but I feel like putting Darnold in a better position to succeed does make sense. Or yeah, he might Darnold- actually be decent if he has more than 1.5 seconds to make a decision. Right. He also might be trash. Like we yeah, don't he also really might still make bad decisions. He, he might still be bad. We don't really know. And we have to pay him regardless. And we, even if, even if he wasn't as bad as he was last year, we still need a left tackle. We've needed a left tackle for almost a decade and we have a chance to get one. So we should, none of these quarterbacks are franchise quarterbacks. The The other, the only one is Malik Willis and he's a lottery ticket. Like none of, like none of these guys, I don't think are going to be franchise guys. The other argument to be made here is the situational aspect of it. And that Matt rule is the head coach. If you take, Malik Willis, or you take Kenny Pickett at the sixth overall pick and forego that high lent, that high level player without getting any further draft capital as a result, and then Matt Rule gets fired, you have a new head coach coming in with potentially a whole new coaching staff with a quarterback they didn't draft. You have so, Josh Rosen all over again. Yeah. And granted, Malik Willis might work out. I if if they're gonna take anybody at six, I guess it has to be Malik Willis, even though I think Kenny Pickett would be a better player for the Panthers situation, at least in yeah, the short he's, term. He's the safe guy. Like yeah. he's the, I don't really know who to compare him to, but I heard I, more I, athletic Andy Dalton was the best. Yeah. Comparison, that, that's, that's probably a good, yeah. Like you're taking Andy Dalton at number six overall. And Andy Dalton is just a guy like he's not a franchise quarterback. So why do you want to take that at number six overall when you can, you can bolster depth or and get potentially a superstar starter at either left tackle or defensive end. Those are the two most important positions after quarterback. So um, unless you want to play the lottery and hope that Malik Willis can be the next Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes or you know any of these other hotshot quarterbacks that came out firing – Unless you think that's Malik Willis, don't draft a quarterback because none of these other guys and Matt Corral or Coral, however he pronounces his last name from Ole Miss, I think he has potential to be an NFL starter, but he's a second round guy. Um, yeah. The Desmond Ritter, he's a second round guy. It, Sam Howell, he's a second round guy. None of those guys are number six overall. And I just, I have a feeling we're going to make the bad, a wrong, bad, terrible decision that's going to make everybody angry. But if it were up to me, I would just take Charles Cross or um, Iquanu or what, whichever one of them. Because I think Evan Neal is going to go in the top three. So I think he's pretty much out of the discussion. I think Thibodeau and Hutchinson will probably be in the top three as well. So, Travon Walker, Charles Cross, Iquanu, or Kyle Hamilton. Yep. Like to me, that's the that's the short list of guys you should be looking at and just let somebody else take these quarterbacks and go for a quarterback next year. You know, hell, we could 
we might could sign a guy in free agency next year. We might, uh, you know, I mean, there's trade all the kinds farm. of trade the, the farm guy. for a guy. Yeah. Do, do what the Rams did and, you know, get somebody like Matthew Stafford or let the next regime, which will probably be a, a new regime, let them decide what to do. Right. But Matt so Rule is get... not going to do that. Matt Rule is not he. Matt Rule is going to do whatever it takes to save his job. Which I think saving his job is not taking a quarterback here. Yeah, so. I do. I do think saving his job is getting a left tackle and seeing what and praying that you were right about Sam Darnold. So let's get into the scenario where the Panthers find a trade partner, which granted it's all media pundit bullshit. So it's hard to predict, but I, I have I'm, I've been reading that at pretty much every team in the top five, six is looking to trade down. So that's not always a good thing when you're trying to trade down as the Panthers. Um, yeah. The, the problem is there's a lot of teams in the top six that want to trade down. Like you said, but there aren't any franchise quarterbacks worth trading up for. Like there are several teams that need a quarterback, but right. there are not, there are not any quarterbacks worth trading up, at least not up into the top 10. Like some of these teams that made the playoffs, like, like the Steelers, for example, I mean, they signed Mitchell Trubisky in free agency to like a one or two year prove it deal, but they might want to tra- trade up into you know, like 12 or something to get a guy like Kenny Pickett. But that doesn't have anything to do with us. Like, no, you know, that we don't, we don't get anything from that. I mean, if we can find somebody who wants to trade up and jump ahead of the, the Falcons or the Giants second pick, you know, we should absolutely move down. We should move down multiple times. We should try to get down but between 15 and 25 and add day two picks to our, our arsenal so we can build out some depth. But I don't know if, I don't know if there's enough people willing to trade. (coughs) No, that's, that's kind of the problem is that. And on top of that, if you trade down that far, I think that you're either looking at those second level offensive tackles or you're just looking straight at a quarterback at that point. Yeah, like, <clears throat> yeah, I would. I wouldn't be mad if we traded down to like twenty five and then took Kenny Pickett or Matt Corral or Desmond Ritter or any of those. I wouldn't be upset if we did that. Right. But I will be upset if we take one of them at six. Um, yeah. But I know you have an interesting trade down scenario. I sure that, do. That I think a lot of people would really <laughs> would really like. Yeah. So why why don't you share your if you were a GM, what would you do? Well, this isn't really a what a, as a if I was a GM, what would I do scenario as much as it's uh, what would I do if I'm Matt Rule, knowing knowing how Matt Rule thinks and likes to operate. Um. So let's say the Panthers do find a trade partner, and they trade down. I don't know, fifteen to twenty ish area. They go in there and they grab Kenny Pickett. Maybe Malik Willis, but I have a feeling Malik Willis will be the first quarterback off the, off of the board. I agree regardless. with that. Um, I, I agree with that. Jesus, he just has that incredible upside where I don't think I don't think Kenny Pickett does. I think the Falcons and, will take him at eight. That would certainly be within the realm of possibility because the Falcons don't look like a team that wants to be competitive right away. Um, 
So the Panthers do that, and they pick up either a second-round pick or a third-round pick along with other assets in this hypothetical scenario. And I'm looking at the the safety board because the Panthers the Panthers did sign um, Xavier, is it Xavier Woods, I think it is? Yeah, Xavier yeah. Woods. Mm-hmm. Yep, not Xavier the wrestler. Woods. Yeah, not the wrestler. They brought back Burris as well. Though that was on a very, very that that looked like a backup, like a high level, not even a high level, but like a medium level backup deal more than anything. Yeah, he might and, not even make it through training camp. Like that's how team friendly the deal was. Yeah. And the Panthers do like to run three safety sets based with the Phil Snow defense. So I'm looking at the safety rankings and I see two safeties listed in the middle round area that I could see them taking. So the Panthers trade back for Kenny Pickett. And then in the second round, they could select Jalen Petra from Baylor on the NFL safety rankings from the game house. He is listed as the fourth ranked safety, which obviously you can probably move these guys up and down as you see fit. It's um, Kyle Hamilton. And then whoever you like the best. Yeah, basically. And Kyle uh, Hamilton's a top five prospect overall. So it's just really, you know, who do you like? So for Matt, Matt rule, I would say Jalen Petra or JT Woods were both listed in, as top 10 safety talents would make a lot of sense in the second or third rounds there to uh, fill that third safety spot that they use a lot, which they didn't do it as much in 2021, but in 2020, they did a lot of three safety looks, um, which is something that was, that has been successful. Actually, they still did it in 2021, but um it was something that made their defense a little bit harder to play against because it's not a, it's not something that most defenses in the NFL do. So I could totally see Matt Rule just taking that that second round or third round pick that he picks up and grabbing one of those guys to be his third safety in that uh in that <clears throat> in that defense to uh, really solidify that secondary because that appears to be a priority to him. And honestly, I would just I would be ecstatic if they did that. I mean. That's that's just that's that's just good that's just good football right there. I mean, <laughs> I mean I'm not gonna lie. I I like Petrie as a player. Uh, if I remember right, he was the guy that stood out in the um, in Baylor's bowl game, and he's got good size. He's six foot and uh, 190 ish pounds. Uh, like he's he's a good player. Uh, he's fast. I think he ran a four point three forty. Uh, you know, I'm I would not be opposed to doing that. Uh, I do think taking both of them is a little bit of overkill. Um, no, I I wouldn't like taking both of them, even though I enjoy. Oh, okay. So you're you're just arguing take one of them. I just think that if they pick up a second pick and they don't, if they pick up a second or third round pick somehow and they don't use them as an offensive tackle that that would be that would make a lot of sense for them just from a defensive standpoint because they they obviously are not super great on the linebacker scale but adding to the secondary just to give yourself a lot more a lot more stuff to work with there would make sense to kind of like alleviate the issues with the linebacker the lack of linebackers there so give the linebackers more of a up by the line of scrimmage, less of a pass coverage type deal set up. So it's not something in my ideal world, I'd like for them to get, you know, a starting offensive tackle in the first round and then grab someone in the second round, maybe a quarterback, but 
just someone with a high level of impact. And I think that unless you're just building the offensive line again in the second round, like maybe they go with the paint with the uh, with the 2020 um, idea where they just load up on one position or one area of the team a lot that that could make sense to grab another offensive lineman or something like that, or maybe one of the quarterbacks. But to me, it's just that that just screams like that's a Matt rule move, like add a player that both he and Phil Snow would be familiar with to the defense who at a high, at a high draft pick, but not a super high draft pick to uh, make that secondary just a little bit better. Cause I mean, you still got the bucks in the division. The saints are still trying to be competitive in the division. So the passing game is king in the NFL these days. So if you can't add an offensive tackle that's going to start at left tackle, um, you know, you let Brady Christensen play there. You play your new guards. Maybe you find an offensive guard to play left guard. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I could totally see that happening, and it would be very much on brand with Matt Rule in the as far as the way he's been in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, it would be a complete 180 from Matt Rule's previous actions of put, just <laughs> putting Brady Christensen at left tackle because he seems to have wanted to avoid that, like the plague for whatever reason. Uh, so, you know, I mean, it having Christensen there does give us options. Like we don't have to take a guy like Charles Cross in the first round. We could take a, um, a pass rusher. We could take Trevon Walker. Uh, we could take we could take Kyle Hamilton if he's there. Like we could trade down and take a guy like Kenny Pickett at fi- at 15 if he falls that far. Um, so I do like the fact that we can have options, but I think a lot of people would be mad if we took a Baylor safety in the third round. That's even the second round. Yeah. Or no, even the second be- round after they- trading down. They would be mad about it because in my scenario, they get Kenny Pickett, which is the quarterback they seem to be infatuated with, um, or at least based on their their visits with him and whatnot. Then they go grab a safety. It's like, okay, well, we didn't address the offensive tackle position. So I would understand why people would be mad. I, I yeah. would. Yeah. And I know there's a couple guards out there that people are eyeing up in the second round as well if the Panthers managed to grab a pick there. And I, I could understand being upset there too. Um, but I don't know. It's just – it's just one of those things where I saw the rate, the rankings, and I was like, huh, that would make a lot of sense for Matt Rule if he's mm-hmm. trying to build an elite defense. And uh, again, this is they, that's putting a lot of faith into their into Brady Christensen as either an offensive tackle or a left guard. Um, because they obviously have two good, they obviously just signed two good guards and free agency. So, one of those guard positions has to be figured out unless you would decide to play both of them at guard. And then you put, um, you know, uh, what's his face. Um, uh, Pat Elfline at one of those three interior positions. If you, if you, if you have him penciled in as your starting left guard or your starting center, then theoretically Brady Christensen left tackle, then you have pretty much infinite flexibility elsewhere. Yeah. I think the one thing they do like is that they have, um, Bradley Bozeman and Pat Elfline can both play guard and center. So like you said, they've got flexibility there. I just don't know. I like Brady Christensen. I don't know if he's going to be a franchise cornerstone left tackle, but I think we should have figured that out last year. So we would know what to do 
on Thursday. And I think that's well, where that's Matt, past, I think, Brad. yeah, I know. And I think that's where Matt rules decision-making it should be questioned because, you know, we're, we're already five, we're like five and nine or whatever. Why not just put him out there? We've been eliminated from the playoffs, put him in there at left tackle and just see if he can do it. Like you have to prepare for this stuff. Now we don't know if he can play left tackle or not, or at least not consistently. We know he can do it in, in small doses, but now we, we're, we're behind. We don't know what we need. We don't know what we don't need. We don't know what we should focus on. And it's just like, we're just aimlessly like throwing darts at a dartboard and we have no direction, no capability to understand, no, no idea of where we're going. And it's frustrating. I will say say the pan, which granted this is always taken with a grain of salt, but the Panthers knew offensive line uh, coach spoke very highly of Brady Christensen a few days ago. Um, he said that he he believes that he could play all five positions if needed. He did say that he thinks that Brady Christensen definitely progressed as the season went on. And he did say he thinks that he could be an option to left tackle. So if he is, then, you know, there's some options there. And obviously if he's, if they try, if they do take an offensive tackle to play left tackle, then Brady Christensen's pretty much immediately slated in to be the starting left guard. Unless you really like Pat Elfline, which. Yeah. I mean, well, Matt rule signed him at 1201 AM on the first day of free agency. So I didn't I think, think he, he was terrible as a as a center, but I didn't. He's like not. His... He's fine. He's a good. He can be the backup center, backup guard. Like he can be the the first guy that goes in the game if they need to make a substitution. He's not. Mm-hmm. He's not awful. He's not good either, especially at guard. But I mean, you know, he's good depth. Yeah, he's better than Cam Irving. That's true. Which isn't saying a whole lot, but yeah, yeah. Cam Irving, Cam Irving being the the backup le- left and right tackle is fine, I would say. But yeah, if he's starting, we're in a bat, we're in a world of hurt <laughs> for twenty twenty two. Exactly. Yeah. But those are just some ideas as far as what could happen. Um, overall, my preferred scenario is trade back, get either an offensive lineman or a quarterback if you really need one, get some extra draft picks. So we have something to talk about in day two, even though I'd prefer to not have to work that day, but you know, yeah, I would love to have a day off, but yeah, we need, we need picks that day. Yeah, we do. I'm willing to make that sacrifice for the team. If that's what they choose to do. Exactly. And my preferred scenario is just like yours trade down, recoup some picks, get some day two picks, take the best graded tackle, or quarterback or pass rusher in the middle of the first round and then build your depth on day two and day three and go from there. That's what, that's what I hope happens. That's what you hope happens. But what do you think will happen? What is your prediction for the number six pick? Who do you think they will pick? I believe they will take Charles Cross. That's who I think they're going to take too. Yeah. I mean, it just, it's the, the writings on the wall with it. I mean, they've been, they, they went and saw every quarterback for a reason. And I think it's to see if they can get a team to trade up and grab them and grab. I one. think that's what they're trying to do too. They're trying to create desperation 
It just oh, makes too much sense. It just yeah. makes way too much sense for Matt Rule to just stick with Sam Darnold or even make a trade to get Baker Mayfield and just yeah, get like the best they might. I think that might be that might even be what they want to do. They want to take the best tackle and then just go trade for Baker Mayfield, and I'm fine with that. I don't mm-hmm. hate Baker Mayfield as much as most people seem to. Uh, I think he's better than Sam Darnold. And I mean, in theory, they could. In theory, they could trade back, pick up a second and maybe third round pick, and then flip a third round pick with Sam Darnold to Baker to the Browns for Baker Mayfield before their pick, and yeah. then they have a, an extra third round pick in this draft. Like maybe that works, but who knows? Yeah, who knows? But I think they're going to take a tackle. I think it's going to be Charles Cross, and I think. Like you said, they're trying to create fake demand for a quarterback because they know that the Giants pick one pick in front of them and then the pick right after them. So they know the Giants will be willing to trade down from fifth. And they know that Atlanta needs a quarterback. They know New Orleans needs a quarterback. They know Pittsburgh needs a quarterback. There are plenty of teams that need a quarterback that might get desperate And it might work like their gamble might pay off and they might make Atlanta burn draft capital to trade up to five. Although they won't have Atlanta won't have to burn as much because they're only moving up a couple of spots, but Atlanta would or new Orleans would have to burn some draft capital to move up ahead of them and take a guy like Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis that they never wanted in the first place. Yep. I don't think they're smart enough to do that though. We'll see. I mean, well, Fitterer Scott, might be. Scott Fitterer might be, but Matt Rule. Yeah, not. that was exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Scott Fitterer showed us he was pretty damn smart last year, even though yeah, yeah, a lot of people didn't like some of the picks he made. But yeah, so we'll see. But I, I do think we're going to take a left tackle. I think it's going to be Charles Cross, and you know they could surprise us. They could take Kenny Pickett. I think that would be a mistake, but we've seen them make plenty of them. So. It would be par for the course, so we'll see. But got anything else for us, Brad? I think I'm about draft talked out. Yeah, we got to save. We got to save up a little bit until for Thursday. So we'll see what happens. Yep. After the, um, we will have another show. We will react to the pick or to the trade or to whatever happens. Um, We will have a, a reaction show, and if we trade down. Then we'll have another reaction show on day two after we make our picks. And if we don't trade down, we will see y'all on Saturday because I'm not going to work on Friday if we don't have any picks. Yep, exactly. I agree. Well, from all of us here at the Keep Sounding podcast, this is Brian joined by Brad. We'll be here with your draft coverage for the weekend and, uh, We'll have all those those reactions that Brad spoke about for you. Stay tuned, stay safe, stay healthy, and hopefully the Panthers pick who you want them to pick because they probably won't. Yep. Have a good one. Later.